One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. Who's been working their prayer life? Amen? Amen. Now who's been really working your prayer life? So that means you have that means you have encounter stories, right? You have Holy Ghost stories, you have angel stories, you have casting out devil stories, right? Can I how, how many can I, can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. Alright. Um, so those of you who haven't met me yet, I'm kind of, I don't bite, but I'm a little radical, <laughs> especially, especially once we get rolling. So um, before we get kind of deep into the topic I want to cover, how many people dealt with some form of heaviness, some form of doubt, some form of oppression this week? All right, I'm, I think I'm speaking to the right crowd. <laughs> so we're going to get warmed up so you can actually hear what I want you to hear tonight, all right? So how many of you struggled with your oppression, depression, anxiety, fear, doubt, whatever? How many of you struggled, it, struggled with it by yourself thinking you have to just get you fixed? You see, that's, that's the lie, okay? That's the lie because if the devil can get you to beat yourself up and he doesn't have to worry about you hunting him down guess what he just sits back and laughs at you the church is full of millions of Christians being laughed at by the end and we are here to eradicate people from being laughed at by the devil Okay. and so let me tell you a quick story because what you what you're struggling with Paul said it this way we do not war against flesh and blood that we war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Am I right? Yeah. All right. So your war is a spiritual war. First thing you want to do is do not beat yourself up. When you feel depression, oppression, feel those things, the first thing you do is do not beat yourself up. Because once you start beating yourself up, like I said, your enemy's laughing at you. So I'm, telling, I'm going to tell you a quick story, and we're going to pray real quick before we jump, in, jump into the subject matter. So um, I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit 2005, um, radically saved, uh, casting demons out of people, prophesying you know, within weeks of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I was a wild man. Um, and although the Lord um, gifted me to do some just crazy wild stuff, I had a great pastor, I had a church that... Um, literally left me be birthed into that. And um, the Lord has this grace on you when you first get filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? But then He actually starts working on you to get you fully delivered from what you're struggling with, okay? Because what I just described, the doubt, the fear, the unbelief, the depression, every human being on earth deals with that. I dealt with major depression, um, major anxiety, okay? And so... I'm, I'm moving along in ministry. I'm doing all, all this ministry stuff, uh, doing mission trips, 
And um, somewhere around 2009, the Lord started digging into my own soul and started rooting some junk out of my own soul. And so during this season, um, I'm sleeping, I go to bed, it's in the middle of the night, and suddenly I, I, I start, I, I, I'm becoming awake, okay, in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m., I'm coming up awake out of my sleep, and I can recognize my flesh is trembling. And I'm like, I'm thinking, like in a split second, I'm like, I'm, in the, I'm sleeping. Why am I, where's fear coming from, right? Where's anxiety coming from? I'm trembling in my sleep. And the Lord opened, literally opened my, my eyes in the spirit to see something that changed my life. Because when I became conscious, I opened my eyes and on the side of my bed was, a, was what I'll call a demonic creature. It looked like Skeletor. It looked like a skeleton. It had these um, really long fingers. They were like a foot long. And it had its hand over top of my belly. And I saw what looked like lightning between my belly and this creature's hand. And as I'm looking at this, like the, this boldness of the Holy Spirit comes, comes on me. And I start, in the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And I start fighting this creature. And this creature looked at me. And when it looked at me, it knew that I knew what it would, what, that I could see it. The Lord opened my spiritual eyes to see it. And that I had authority to take, take, a, take my authority over this thing. And when I started commanding this thing to go, the lightning between its hand stopped. Okay? And when it stopped, it realized it didn't have power over me anymore. And boom, it was gone. And I, the Lord literally, 2 a.m., I mean, he, I'm out of bed, sitting in my prayer room now, asking the Lord, what in the world was that, right? I'm, do, I'm doing deliverance on people. I'm casting demons out of all kind of people everywhere at this point in my, my life. This is around 2010. And the Lord starts talking to me about this entity was a ruling spirit. Okay, if you, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 10, 11, 12, and so on, talks about spiritual warfare, and he talks about you war against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. And so the Lord starts to speak to me about what a ruler of darkness is, okay? And a ruler of darkness, it actually means, the, it, it has two words. Um, it has the word kratio uh, kumer. The word, the word kratio how many of you have heard the word kratos? The word kratos actually means the power of words. Okay? So the way the Lord starts to teach me that a ruling spirit essentially has power over you through words. Okay? You ever hear of generational curses? Do you ever hear of, um, you know, a person, they deal with depression because their mother dealt with depression, because their grandmother dealt with depression. Okay? And so... Anyway, the Lord is like educating me for hours after I have this experience, okay? And the Lord started to talk to me about how real these entities are and that where depression, where oppression, where fear, where anxiety, all this stuff comes from. And the reality is this, this creature that had, had its hand over me, what appeared to be lightning or power between, he was actually harvesting energy out of me. Come on. You see, you see, a demonic entity. When Jesus talked about casting out devils in uh, Luke chapter eleven, 
He says that when a, when a demon is cast out of a man, it goes into arid, dry places. It finds none, so it comes back and finds a body, an energy source. Right? And a, a demon has no blood. They have no life. You have life. Okay? And it searches for a home. It searches for a body. Alright? And so as it's searching for a body, and it finds one who accepts it based on their lifestyle, the words they speak, the curses in their family, right? It finds a home. And they literally harvest energy out of you. So those of you who dealt with depression, oppression, fear, anxiety, you don't have to raise your hand because it was like 90% of the room. But I'm here to tell you, it wasn't you fighting you. You have an enemy literally harvesting life out of you. Because they don't want to live in a drier place. They want a home. And as long as you let them there, guess what? As long as you let them make you sick, as long as you let them make you oppressed, as long as you let them make you shake in anxiety, as long as you let them, and you might say, well, I don't believe that all sickness and disease is caused by a devil. Well, that's true. But Jesus actually, the woman with the spirit of infirmity, um, right? It, it says that she was bent over because she had a spirit of infirmity. The New Testament is littered with Jesus healing people as he drove a demon out. Okay? Seizures. Anybody have seizures? Mark chapter 9, epilepsy, right? It, it actually talks about epilepsy. Um, the boy had epilepsy, and Jesus drove the demon out of the boy, and it says the boy was put in his right mind. No more seizures because a demon was cast out. And so do you realize that you have a war that you are called to fight in? Okay? If you're just sitting still, going to church on Sunday, being a good little Christian, powerless, guess what? You're being harvested. If you're not fighting against what's hard, trying to harvest your energy, you are. it's like you're a garden. It's like they came and like you have you, you can stand up, praise and worship, you can do all you want in church, but if you are not driving out your enemy, you have these entities, oh, I just I feel depressed today. I just have to get myself back into it. Anybody say that this week? This month? Why do I keep having this? Why do I keep having this feeling? Well, you know why? Because they're harvesting you. Okay? And so this is just kind of the pre precursor. This isn't the topic I want to talk about tonight. But we need to pray so that I, I want your the eyes of your heart open so you can hear. Alright? So let's do this real quick. Can everybody stand up? Hey girl, you standing up? <laughs> all right we're going to pray all right say this with me say the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. I command every spirit of witchcraft I command every spirit of witchcraft leave me now leave me now I take authority I take authority over every generational curse over every generational curse I break your power I break your power the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus has made me free has made me free from the law of sin and death from the law of sin and death and from every demonic entity and from every demonic entity Jesus Christ 
Christ, Jesus Christ has crushed the head, has crushed the head of, the serpent. of the serpent. And I refuse, and I refuse to, be a victim to be a victim to demonic powers. To demonic powers. So in the name of Jesus, so in the name of Jesus I, command I command every principality, every principality leave me now. Leave me now. Every power. Every power. Leave me now. Leave me now. Every ruling spirit. Every ruling spirit. Leave me now. Leave me now. Every form of brokenness. Every form of brokenness. Leave me now. Leave me now. Depression. Depression. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. Depression. Come out in Jesus' name. Depression. Come out in Jesus' name. Anger. Come out in Jesus' name. Anger. Come out in Jesus' name. Fear. Come out in Jesus' name. Fear. Come out in Jesus' name. Pain. Come out in Jesus' name. Pain, come out in Jesus' name. Everything that works to blind me. Everything that works to blind me. I command you to leave. I command you to leave. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every demonic power. Every demonic power. That harvest energy from me. That harvest energy from me. I break your cord. I break your cord. I sever you from my life. I sever you from my life. Go in Jesus' name. 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 All right, now take a deep breath. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Flood my heart with light. Flood my heart with light. That I would know the hope of my calling. That I would know the hope of my calling. Grant me the spirit of wisdom. Grant me the spirit of wisdom. And revelation. And revelation. In the intimate knowing. In the intimate knowing. Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. I don't just want to know about you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I want to see your face. I want to see your face. I want to be imparted your abilities. I want to be imparted to raise the dead, to raise the dead, heal the sick, heal the sick, cast out demons, cast out demons, and baptize people in the Holy Ghost. And baptize people in the Holy Ghost. My assignment, my assignment, is to hunt, is to hunt what has hunted me, what has hunted me, and to deliver the people, and to deliver the people as the Lord equips me, as the Lord equips me, and as the Lord sends me, and as the Lord sends me. That's my assignment. That's my assignment. And I will do it in peace. And I will do it in peace. I will do it in purpose. I will do it in purpose. I will do it in power. I will do it in power. And I will fight. And I will fight for my birthright. For my birthright. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You feeling pretty good right now? Do you realize? that you can feel like this every day of your life. So, who's going to make me a promise this coming week when this creature comes back and knocks on your door and says, you going to let me in? you going to let me have a little bit of energy? you going to let me have something that I need, a place? That you're not... That fear, anxiety, oppression, you're actually going to roll over and say, come out in Jesus' name. Go in the name of Jesus. Yes. You ready? Yes. On the count of three, I want I want to hear you say, "Go in Jesus' name." One, two, three. Go, go in Jesus' name. Come on, go. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, go. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, every unclean spirit, go. That's your birthright. Amen. 
And if you want it, that's what your prayer room should look like. Amen? Amen. That's what your prayer room should look like. You see, a lot of you are raised like this, these good little church people. But what are you doing? I'm I'm praying in my mind. I'm I'm praying in my mind. I grew up in one of those Methodist churches. I know exactly what you're thinking of. I, I, I'm praying. My, no, no. The kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Right? So let me hear you one more time. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Come on, go. Go. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give me a vision. Give me a vision. That shows me what I'm fighting. That shows me what I'm fighting. Let me see their name. Let me see their name. Let me see what they look like. Let me see what they look like. Let me see how they've ravaged my life. Let me see how they've ravaged my life. And my forefathers. And my forefathers. That I may hunt them. That I may hunt them. The way they've hunted me. The way they've hunted me. That my future generation. That my future generation. Will be free. Will be free. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All right, now he's going to show you guys. He is literally, some of you are going to have visions tonight about who, what has haunted you. Some of you tonight, some of you this week. But when he gives you names and he shows you things, it's what you're fighting. It's strategic um, because his desire is that you are delivered. Amen. Amen. Those who get delivered are able to deliver others. Amen. Amen. What you get delivered out of, you actually have authority over in the spirit. Okay. So your personal fight will reveal your calling. Amen? Amen. So you ready to win your fight? Yes. No more depression. If you feel depression, you got to realize it's not you. It's your enemy tricking you, harvesting you. That's a major revelation, guys. That's actually scriptural. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For, for we... Uh, uh, rest, um, sorry. Um, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty before God for the pulling down of strongholds against every thought, right? Every high thing, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge. What's the knowledge? It's, it's, I'm not, it's not the Bible. The knowledge is the word gnosko. It's actually the knowing of Christ. So when you know the big guy, when the guy, eyes of fire, crowns on his head, rope dipped in blood, walks into the room, it's like, I know. You know who I know? I know the one. And he's with me. And I will not tolerate darkness around me at all. That's a mentality that goes with the authority Christ gives believers. So you ready to pick up your crown? Amen. I feel like Vince Lombardi here tonight. Amen. All right. All right, I haven't started preaching yet, so let's... <laughs> Just getting warmed up. Um, <laughs> you know, I do a lot of stuff about um, equipping people in the gifts of the Spirit. It's really about activating uh, people in the gifts of the Spirit. But I hear people say things like they want to keep their theology, but they want the gifts. And the reality is, if you don't get rid of your theology, all of your religious thoughts, all of the things that you think make you righteous, all the things that you think, I don't know, protect people or make make you holy, all that stuff literally will start dropping off 
as you get closer to Christ because theology becomes meaningless the closer you get to the throne. Okay, because when you when you are in proximity with the Holy Spirit and you walk with the Holy Spirit, your strength comes from the one you walk with, not in what you know. It's who you know, not what you know. Okay? So all these denominations that have their different theologies. Okay, and every every one of you are in, in a some form of denominational thought process. I believe this because of this, I believe that because of that. There's no such thing as the absolute right theology, okay? There's actually only one theology. It's called the Holy Spirit. And it's based on knowing Him, not knowing information. If you, if you know information and think out of a principle, the Lord will always trip you up. There's always things that will, you will separate yourself from because of your theology. How many Baptists interact with holy rulers? Come on. Come on. How, how, how many Church of Christ people interact with charismatics? Their, their theologies. They're different. But didn't Jesus give one thing? It was, a, it was a living power called the Holy Spirit. Right? So why isn't the church all one? Because they believe in their theology more than they believe in their spirit, the Spirit of God. And that's a scary thing because Jesus said this, if you blaspheme me, there's forgiveness for you. But if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, meaning that if you, if you, are, if you have chosen denominationalism, you have chosen something um, for, for a reason, right? And, that, and I'm not saying that, that's bad, but every theological position that relies on a principle will limit you if, if that takes precedent over the Holy Spirit. Okay? And people say, why are you so radical? Why do you see people get healed? Why do you see people, why do you cast demons out of people? Because, I don't know, I walk with the Holy Spirit. What do you walk with? And people get mad when I say things like, oh, you carry a Bible, but I carry the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you mad, does it, Kendrick? <laughs> <laughs> I know the Bible inside now, but I walk with the Holy Ghost. I don't carry my Bible into a fight with casting out demons. I don't sit there and try to poke through script, live scriptures out there. Wait, wait, demon, wait, wait a minute. And I go back and find the right scripture. I'm, I'm sitting there like, all right, Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost gives me a vision of this, and then he gives me a vision of that, and I say this, and I say that, and the demon comes out, right? And so my point is, yeah, I sound a little extreme, I know that, but my question to you is, why aren't you extreme? Sorry, I'm not meddling with you. <laughs> All right, so let, let's get into this. My point, my point of this is, I want to. I, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. People are going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people are going to start flowing in prophecy here tonight. Um, there are people that just a few months ago got baptized in the Holy Ghost and now are flowing in prophecy. In here, okay, it's an awesome thing. But I want to emphasize something for you that it's not just the gifts of the Spirit as attack onto your theology. It's actually you getting closer to the throne room, walking with the Spirit of God, and the gifts are just automatic, right? So don't be, don't be limited by your theology. Be willing to actually let your theology be confronted by the Holy Spirit because He will confront your theology. Because anything you trust more than Him 
If you trust a principal more than him, oh, I'm putting $5,000 in the offering plate because I know I'm going to get something back. You're going to get rocked someday. I guarantee it by the Holy Ghost. Okay? Because your principal will never trump the voice of God. They line, they line up, but how do you know the timing, the, the intent, the purpose, the flow of the Spirit? You've got to be in tune with the Spirit. So when I teach the gifts of the Spirit, um, I, I just I want to emphasize the concept of relationship is, is the most important thing. Okay, Your prayer life is ultimately the most important thing. And so authority and power are a function of relationship. All right? Peter, um, Peter and the disciples were walking down the road with Jesus in a specific area in Caesarea Philippi. And I'm going to read the scripture out of Matthew 16, 18. And Jesus chose a specific place to make some very bold, broad statements. Okay, He took them to Caesarea Philippi because it was a place where they worshipped the Greek god Pan. Okay, They worshipped at the bottom of Mount Hermon. Um, basically, they, they worshipped Satan. Okay, And the reason for that is at the top of the mountain on Mount Hermon, is where the fallen angels, when the angels, when the 200 angels were kicked out of heaven, um, and you can reference this in the book of Enoch and several other of, of you know, the ancient writings, that when the 200, age, uh, 200 angels fell out of heaven, they landed on Mount Hermon, and they called themselves the sons of God. Okay? And so as Jesus is, is walking his disciples purposely into Caesarea Philippi, he gets to a place and he says, who do men say that I am? And they're saying, you know, some say this, some say that, some say you're a prophet. And he says, no, who do you say that I am? Right? Who do you see me as? And Jesus says, you are the Christ, meaning you are the anointing. You are the power of God on earth. Right? And Jesus turns to Peter and says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'll actually read the scripture. This is Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell uh, shall not uh, overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. Okay, so there's a couple keys here. Number one, like the Catholic Church looks at that and says, well, Peter's the rock. Peter means rock. And the Catholic Church, Jesus was actually prophesying that the church will be built on this man named Peter. That's not true. Okay? Jesus is actually referencing, when he says upon this rock, he's actually saying, I brought you all here to reveal myself. I am the Son of God. Those fallen angels claim to be the sons of God. They may have some what appears to be supernatural power, but I am the Son of God, right? And I will give you, the people, keys, meaning authority. I will give them to you. And he, he references a relationship between earth and heaven. He says, whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. And I'm reading this out of the Amplified. Um, because I believe they do a really good job in the, revealing the true meaning of what Jesus was, was talking about here. When Jesus was um, talking about prayer, right, in, in the Lord's Prayer, he, he says these words, um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So he's talking, he's not talking about repeating, um, repeating the Lord's Prayer. He's talking about revealing a way of prayer. He's talking about when I baptize you in the Holy Spirit, you will be in close proximity with me in the Spirit. So I will show you things spiritually, dreams and visions, right? I will show you things, and whatever I show you, I will execute on earth. So he's talking about your prayer life should reveal what's going to happen, what he wants to do. So Jesus is actually talking about, when he talks about keys, he's actually talking about, I'm handing you authority. I'm handing you ability. So as, as your prayer life becomes the most important element in your Christian, Christian walk, the Lord will begin to show you visions. How many of you have, have visions? How many of you have visions once in a while versus daily? How many of you have daily visions? Just a couple. So you walk blind 98% of the time not knowing what heaven wants to do on earth. Why? This is a promise. This is a promise that you would be spiritually awakened and your prayer life would produce revelation of what the Lord wants to do and He'd send you to do it. So he's prophesying to Peter. He says, Peter, he, said, he, said, he actually calls him Simon Barjona. Right? Simon Barjona actually means son of the dove. He's prophesying to Peter. Well, you don't know this now, but Peter, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, and you're going to walk as a supernatural one. No longer will you be afraid, but you will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. You will see my dream and vision in your life, and you will walk in authority. Right? You will walk with a supernatural ability that the guys sitting in the, down in the synagogue, all those guys you know, doing all the religious stuff. They come to church every Sunday. All those guys. They don't, they, you know, Jesus laughed at them. They had no power. They, Jesus stood in front of them. They couldn't see Jesus. They said, you're blind. Right? said, you're blind. Jesus called the Pharisees blind. And, and He also turns around to Peter and the disciples prophesying to them that the Holy Ghost would come upon them and they would flow in a supernatural prayer life. That you would see dreams and visions out of heaven and your, your, your daily life would be led by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. So, there's a, the Lord has cast a vision of a supernatural life. Okay? So, you know, just I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. I, I, was, uh, I was in India um, preaching this one time and... Uh, I have this vision of this of this young girl. She was a young girl. She was actually in the crowd. The Lord gives me this vision um, of you know her wearing a witch hat. Um, the Lord was signaling to me that there was an angel that He sent to remove the witch hat from her. And so I'm preaching. I jump down off the stage, walk out of the crowd. I start commanding witchcraft to, to leave this girl because the Lord told me what He wanted to do to the girl. It didn't matter what Dave wanted to preach. Didn't matter all the, all the work that I put into building a sermon. Didn't, didn't, didn't matter. The Lord interrupted Dave 
And I, I'm talking to myself in third person. I, I don't know if I do that a lot, but the Lord interrupted Dave. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I've never, I don't think I've ever talked in third person, but the Lord interrupted me, and I want to use this girl. I want to deliver this girl and demonstrate my power right now with this girl. I jump down in the crowd. I command witchcraft to leave this girl. She starts flailing, falls on the ground, Mass deliverance in the front of, of, you know, thousands of people. I get back up on the stage, <laughs> and everybody's like, Jesus is real. Mm-hmm. Right? Dave was done preaching. I'll recall, who wants Jesus and the Holy Ghost? I spend the next, hour, next couple hours getting people baptized in the Holy Spirit and seeing lots of people have deliverance. Amen? Amen. And so... When ha- has the Lord been interrupting your life? He just does that to some preacher he sends to get it. <laughs> right? So anyway, my point is this. You can't loose on earth what you don't see. Amen. Your assignment is to loose heaven on earth. Tell the person beside you, your assignment, your assignment. is to loose heaven, to loose heaven. On, earth. on earth. On earth. On earth. As it is in heaven. heaven. Your job's to get there. Come on, tell them your job's to get there. Not when you die. Tomorrow morning. Your job is to get there. Amen. So your assignment is to loose heaven on earth. Right? To loose heaven on earth. And so I want to I want to use some scripture to kind of paint the picture for you that you are to be a throne room dweller. You are to be positioned at the throne of the Lord on a continual basis because if you're positioned there, visions will flow out of you, okay? The supernatural will flow out of you because of where you're positioned. Not because of your theology, but because of where you're positioned spiritually. Amen? Amen. And so here, here's some scriptural basis for this, guys. Um, Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So he says, Come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? Come boldly. That doesn't mean you, 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 you pacify your conscience just going and doing a religious act a couple times a month or however frequent. You know, a lot of religious people pacify their conscience. It's actually a mindset that as a son and daughter of God, you are to be positioned in His presence. You are a carrier of His presence because if you're positioned correctly, his spirit will flow through through you at all times. Okay? And so, I had a couple encounters I'm going to talk to you about here in a minute, but scripturally, the Bible actually explains and describes what the throne room look like, looks like. Okay? Revelation chapter 6, it says, Before the throne there was a sea of glass, like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. 
The second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had the face of a man. And the fourth living creature uh, was a flying eagle. Okay, the four living creatures, each having six wings, full of eyes all around them. They do not rest day and night saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Okay, Ezekiel saw the same thing. In Ezekiel chapter 1, um, it describes um, in the whirlwind coming, Ezekiel described the exact same thing that I just read in Revelation 4.6. The eagle, the ox, the lion, and the man surrounding the throne of the Lord in proximity to the presence of God. Okay? Do you feel the room just get hot? So here's the deal. You may say, well, why is the Lord describing a lion, an eagle, an ox, and a man around the throne? Do you think you look like you do in the spirit? You think, you know, like this little pretty thing, you know. <laughs> do you think, what do you think you look like in the spirit? <coughs> huh? Do you, ever see this? do you ever ask the Lord, what, I, what do I look like in the spirit? Let me see me. Let me see what you created in the spirit world. Why does the enemy fear me? Okay, so so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking you that kind of tongue-in-cheek for a reason because it's actually true, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away Behold, the fresh and new has come. Amen? Amen. Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All right? So, new creature. That literally means it didn't exist before. And when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came on you, he literally created a new creature. You see, born again is so much bigger than I just, I went to the altar. And I, I don't know, I just felt kind of good, but I don't have no idea who I am. You see, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you are made to cast out devils, yeah. heal the sick, raise the dead, take authority yeah. over all things on this earth Amen. because you are a son of God. Amen. Because Jesus came and declared on that rock, I am the son, yeah. not those fake imposters yeah. that try to harvest energy from you. I am the son. And when Jesus went to the cross and took sin to the grave, sin is actually, it's not the act. It's not, it's not like you're in pornography or you're in all this stuff. Those are all just indicators of your separation. The main element of sin is you're separated from the throne. And when Jesus rose up from the grave with all the keys of authority, and if Jesus has all keys, Satan has what? Zero. So Jesus has all keys and you are in Christ grafted in Christ a born-again new creature. Amen. What if you look like a lion? What if you look like an eagle? An ox? Something surrounding the throne of God because you're parked there. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I want to know what I look like in the spirit world. I'm going to be part at your throne to see your face. That's my destiny. And from that place, I will rule and reign in Christ. Your proximity will determine 
how much power and authority flows out of your life. Amen. Your proximity to the throne, your closeness to Christ. You see, you see, the book of Revelation has m most of you screwed up. Oh, I'm afraid. I hope I get out in the mid-trib, or certainly pre-trib. <laughs> or, or what do you think? You think mid-trib? You think post-trib? <laughs> forget that. You see how I read the book of Revelation? Lord, let me be one of those horsemen. Let me be in yes. the war. Yes. Let me be there to take that serpent, yes. Satan, and cast him. Let me be with Michael and throw yes. that thing in the, in the pit. Yes. I want to be there. I want to be yeah. in the battle. Yeah. It's a completely different mentality when you know who you are. Amen. You see, a man who knows who he is can't be shaken. Come on. A, a, a woman who knows who she is cannot be shaken. You see, until you know who you are because you're close to him, he can't send you places. You see, I wasn't ready to go into the darkest places of India till he showed me who he was. Till he let me see him. Till he revealed himself to me. Till he laid his hand on me and breathed on me. Yes. Shook me to the core. My God, I met the one. I met the God of gods. I met him. And, I, and I, if you read my books, I, I mean, he sent me alone for a purpose. Because no man can take credit for anything other than I had to walk alone with the Holy Spirit into dark places. And see dead babies get raised. See demons cast out of people. See the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. And well, I never preached theology. I got up and I would say, Jesus is real and His Spirit is here to heal you. His Spirit is here to deliver you. Who, who, who was shaking in fear last night? I mean, that's what Jesus does. The evidence is what He does through you. You never want to fall into theological arguments with people trying to prove Jesus is real. That's religion. That's just another religion against another religion. Christianity is about releasing the, 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 the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Amen? And so, ability, let me say this, ability comes from your relationship and what He imparts to you. Okay? And I know I'm, I'm enticing a lot of you. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm I'm doing a lot of things, but the Lord tonight is about the Lord drawing you close. Okay, tonight is about the Lord. This isn't, you know, there's gonna, you're going to see gifts flowing here tonight, but the point of this is the Lord is drawing people close. He's going to want people to let down whatever you did for the last 30, 40 years and literally give your life in a way that you've never given it before. Okay? And so I want to encourage you about what happens when you see Him. Okay? Um, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I, I think I may have told this once before, but um, I was chasing the Lord. I was praying in tongues probably three, four hours a day, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. I was thirsting. I was knocking on His door. I wanted to see angels. I wanted to see Christ. I wanted everything that heaven had for me, okay? And... Um, I went into my prayer room on a normal day, sat down with my coffee, and all of a sudden these, these two angels literally came and, and grabbed my, what I'll call my soul, and lifted me out, and the next thing I know I was in heaven, okay? And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it's kind of long, but at the end of what I experienced in heaven, 
these two angels brought me to the throne. They heard a, they heard a beckoning call. They heard, they heard the voice of Christ and they brought me to, to the throne room. And I saw, I saw Jesus as the lion pacing in front of the throne. And when they stood me in front of Him, He spoke these words to me. He says, Tell my people that if they believe in prophecy, the things I prophesied to them, they too will experience their portion. And He breathed on me. And when He breathed on me, I was instantly back in my body and I had ability that I did not have before. Before that experience, I, I could stand in worship and get, get a vision. The Lord would give me visions. I could you know, minister to somebody and periodically you know, get a vision and cast a demon out of somebody. But I couldn't do what, what I could do after the encounter. After the encounter, the Lord literally would start sending me places and He would line people up and I'd have 50, 100 plus people and every person I would stand in front of, I could prophesy. Instantly, I would know the Lord would give me a vision, tell me what He wanted to, to, to say to them and boom, I, and I, I could prophesy. I could prophesy as, as long as I could stand on my feet, I could prophesy. I can't explain it other than I got close and the lion, right, he breathed on me. He imparted something into me because of how close I got. And it wasn't because I simply believed the Scripture. Okay? There's different levels of faith. And I'm, I'm not um, downgrading anything about just operating in a gift. But what I'm encouraging you to do is chase Him in such a way that He literally cannot hold back what he has for you. He's got so much for you. He, he's got libraries full of books. He's got clothing rooms. He's got weapon rooms. He's got all this stuff that he's waiting for you to knock on his door to come expecting what sons and daughters have been assigned to receive. You may say, well, I can't ever see myself going to somewhere like India. I can't ever see myself being an evangelist in Los Angeles. I can't ever see myself doing this. I say, you know what my, you know what my answer is? Tell me about your prayer life. Because your prayer life will reveal your future. If it doesn't happen in your prayer room, it's not going to happen. Okay? Your prayer, the only way it's going to happen is if the Lord sends somebody to start imparting to you. And when you, when you receive an impartation, there's, there's, there's two things that happen when I, when I pray for people. There's people that chase after the Lord with all their heart. And there's people that go back to their religious routines. Okay? And those who chase after Him with all their heart, they, they, because they receive something that, oh my gosh, why am I electric? Why doesn't hear my arm stands up? I can't, why does my heart beat when I chase, when I start to pray in tongues? Right? Because He imparted something to you. I can't give away what wasn't imparted to me. Okay? And you have a lot of people trying to theologically be spiritual. You ever see somebody theologically try to be spiritual? They kind, of, they kind of look religious, but there's no power. The evidence of being in the presence of the Lord is impartation. It's power. Okay? Amen? Everybody with me? So, can I encourage you that you too, um, you have elements of the creatures that the Lord wants to reveal out of you? Let me, I'll, I'll tell you about another encounter, okay? Um, and then we're going to pray. 
So in this encounter, I was taken in a vision. I was standing outside of the holy place where I see um, at the door going into the holy place, um, the book of uh, Leviticus describes the showbread, the altar of incense, and, and the seven-branch candlestick, the menorah. Okay, So the Lord takes me in to see these three elements at the door going into the throne room. All right, And so suddenly the menorah, it's burning with fire. It literally grows legs. It has the face of the Holy Spirit. He walks over to me. Okay? He takes, he takes my hand and walks me over to the table of showbread where a Bible is open to Romans chapter 8. Okay? The candlelight shines on the chapter and specifically to Romans 8, 26, and 27, which I'll read you here in a minute. The letters from the two verses jump off the page and run over to the altar of incense where the letters climb up on the altar and form a sword. And you may be saying, how in the world can, I, can the Lord show you these details? I don't know. I just pray. I just pray and wait for Him to speak. And He, he shows me these details. Okay? And so, and so as these letters are, are jumping up on the table at the, at the altar of incense, they form um, this sword. And written on the sword are these words. Tongues is the power of my will. Okay? Tongues is the power of my will. You might want to write that on your wrist or something so it's there for like a week. <laughs> Tongues is the power of my will. The menorah then instructs me to start praying in tongues. The sword moves toward me. Literally, the sword literally lifts up in the air by itself. It's floating in the air and it comes and it literally pierces through me. Okay? So the Lord takes me into the outer, um, the, the, whole, the holy uh, place before you get into the holy of holies in the throne room. So I'm, I'm standing there as a man. I got there as a man. And the sword formed by Romans 8, 26 and 27, which is about tongues, I'll get to here in a minute. The sword literally opens me up and this creature steps out of me. And this creature is freaky, man. And I'm, all, I'm, watching, I'm watching me in the scene. Okay, so I'm watching. The Lord has me watching all, all of this as third-party Dave, okay? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so this sword, the sword of the Spirit, opens me up. And the real me, the new creature steps into the place where the Lord has called me. And I am looking freaky, dude. I, I have the face of a man, but I have a lion's mane around my, my head and neck. I have these legs of, a, of an ox. I have eagle's wings on my back, and I have these talons for hands. I've got these burning blue eyes. I mean, I'm like, who's this dude? Right? And I'm like, I'm watching me as a new creature step out of the man, the Lord brought the man to enter through the door as a creature, as something He created. As something that this flesh covered up. Some of you, some of you are going to have a revelation on us. This sin, this, 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 this darkness covered up because you couldn't see the real you because if you knew who you really were, if you knew who you really were and how the Lord had a plan for you and how He destined you to be parked at His throne, 
My God, what would you do if you really believed you were a new creature? That there's something so supernatural bound inside of you that He gives you one gift called the gift of tongues that will open you up and release the real you because tongues is my is the power of my will. And so I'm watching this creature, me, walk over to the door. And I walked over to the door having access and ability to open it and walk in. And I, guess what I see at the throne? I see lions. I see oxen. I see uh, eagles. And I see men. These, these creatures, they're four in one. Literally different. Everybody's Some have the body of a lion with the head of a man. Some have wings on, to, on an ox with the legs of a man. Just all these mixes of these creatures. Because they have a different purpose, a different calling, a different ability, a, a supernatural you that your enemy is afraid of you knowing who you are. The devil's afraid of what you're about to become. Are you, are you, do you believe me? Yeah. Yeah. The devil's afraid yeah. of what the Lord is going to open up and pull out of you as he baptizes you with a baptism called prayer. Amen? Amen. So Romans 8, 26 and 27. I know I've talked about this here before, but the Lord keeps coming me back, bringing me back to this here. The Lord must want to do something to you guys with this gift of tongues, okay? So Romans 8, 26, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Who's that? Is that you? You all know exactly what to pray. That's why you only pray three minutes a week. <laughs> for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us according to what? The perfect will. So the Holy Spirit comes to our aid, bears us up in His weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit meets our supplication needs. Right? Bears us up in our weakness. The Holy Spirit prays through us. Verse 27 says this, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Those are two people right there. He who searches the heart is Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Knows what the mind of the Spirit is. You know what the mind of the Spirit is? This amazing gift called the Holy Ghost given to you. That all you have to do is lay down your own pride and say, I can't. I have no idea what to pray. I don't know, but I know I'm burning to pray. So I'm going to use the Holy Spirit to pray through me. It goes on to say the perfect will of God. So what did the Lord show me in the vision? He showed me the sword being formed by Romans eight twenty six and twenty seven. As you begin to pray in the instruction of the Lord and let the Spirit who knows all things. Knows all of your needs. He knows how to cut the real you, to, to cut your flesh open and let the real you come out. You see, you don't want to look back 10 years from now and say, what would I look like right now? What would I be doing right now if I would have heeded the call of prayer that I heard that night? There's a call of prayer on your life. Just by walking in this door. I don't care. I don't know who you, I don't know a lot of you from Adam. But there's a call of prayer upon your life. You know why? Because the Lord is making Himself known to you. He is making His the way His Spirit functions known to you. I used to pray 
I thought I was like doing amazing. I used to pray for, you know, the Lord would wake me up one, two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. I'm on fire. My arms are burning. He starts, he starts showing me things. I start praying in tongues. The next thing you know, it's 7 a.m. And I, I would do that multiple times a week. I would pray. I would pray in the morning. I'd leave lunch at work and pray an hour, beating on heaven's door. I would pray at night. Come on, Lord, show me this. What are you showing me? Right? What are you going to show me today? Let give me vision. What am I going to do? Where are you going to send me? And I thought I was doing really good until he came to me one day and he says, I want you to pray in tongues six hours a day for one year. <laughs> you know why he did that to me? That was, that was uh, January of 2012. Because what needed to come out of me hadn't yet come out of me. The supernatural creature that needed to be prepared to go to India and to go to these other places and do what he called me to do had not yet been birthed in the Spirit. So I want you to shut your eyes for a minute. I want you to see that sword floating in the air waiting for your tongue to release its power. You see, the Lord, whenever you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that tongue or that sword is literally waiting for you to release it. Giving that sword authority, the sword of the Spirit, literally to cut you open and let the real you out. So say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost give me a vision right now of what I look like in the Spirit. Show me the qualities of the lion, the eagle, the man, and the ox. What do I look like that will induce fear in my enemy? Because of where I stand at your throne. Some of you are going to start praying like madmen. You're not going to be able to stop praying. You're going to see that sword hovering in front of you, waiting for you. You can't sleep at 2 a.m. And you're, and you're going to think, oh, I have insomnia. And the Lord's saying, no, I, I, I decreed this time for you to pray to let me open you up. One more vision and then we're going to pray. I lied last time. I said one more last time. But we're, this, this is the last vision. I'm telling you these things to entice you because the, if you have one vision, it's one thing. But if you have multiple visions of the same topic, the Lord is driving something home. Okay? And the reason I... I, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't even going to plan, plan to talk about any of this until yesterday morning when I woke up and I had this dream. This is the dream I had yesterday morning that prompted... Um, all of this discussion, okay? Jesus on a white horse in the dream, the eyes of fire, crowns on him, um, comes out of heaven, comes down to earth, and stand, stands beside me, okay? He reaches down, picks me up, puts me on the saddle, and, t and takes me up to heaven. This is all happening in a dream, okay? So, he, so on the white horse, he walks me, okay, into the throne room. And what I see in the throne room um, are I see three of the four creatures. I see a lion, I see the ox, and I see the eagle. Okay? They're worshiping around the, the throne, but the, the, the man isn't present. There's no man. And I'm, I'm looking and I start literally asking Jesus, where, where is the man? Right? Where is the man? 
And the, and the Lord, um, there's this command comes out of Christ's mouth, okay? And suddenly the lion, the eagle, and the ox leave the throne and go out the doorway of the throne room. And when they come back in, guess what? The, the lion and the ox are shoulder to shoulder and they have the man draped over top of, of the lion and the ox carrying the man into the throne room. And the eagle is resting, the eagle is resting on top of the man. And the eagle, I mean, the eagle is doing a wild thing. The eagle is literally with its beak reaching into the pockets of the man and pulling out these idols. Okay? And I see some crazy things falling out of this man's pockets. Okay? Things like Buddha statues, gay pride flags, rosary beads, tarot cards. The, the eagle just starts pulling out these, these idols. And by the time the man gets to the throne, the man is clean. There, there are no idols on the man. The man is no longer carrying any idols because the eagle, the ox, and the lion have done their job. Okay, the eagle, the, the eagle is, the, is the prophetic. Okay, all of you have prof have a prophetic anointing. Okay, the uh, the apostle is or, or the lion is the apostle, and an apostolic anointing equips men. Okay, it doesn't build church structures, and a true apostle builds people. It organizes people, equips people, and sends people. And the ox is the evangelist, the strength to go. Into, into, into the darkest places on earth and carry dead men to the throne. Think about the symbolism in that. And the eagle, the eagle is, is the prophet literally identifying the idols in people's lives. And I'm sorry if I identified some things here tonight that may have made some of you a little edgy or angry, but the Lord wants everything ripped out of your pockets so that you can stand in the place where you're called to stand. You getting the picture? Yes. You getting the picture? Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> and so I thought at this point, like I'm in awe of what the Lord let me see and the calling of the evangelist, the apostle, and the prophet to bring mere men to his throne. Okay? And so as I'm watching these idols fall out, the Lord um, <laughs> the, the, the Lord dismounts from the from the horse and he puts the reins in my hand and he says he says this to me remove their idols and he speaks this scripture Isaiah 44 8 9 and 10 and so I pull up 8 9 and 10 yesterday morning and this is this is what it reads do not fear nor be afraid have I not told you from that time and declared it you are my witnesses is there a God beside me indeed there is no other rock there is no other rock I know not one. Those who make an image, all of them are useless, and their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a God or mold an image that profits him nothing? And you may say, well, I'm not used to preaching like this. I'm not used to somebody digging into my business. You know what my side is in life? The Lord has made my forehead like Flint, baby. 
And whether you receive me or not is not my issue. My assignment is to get you to the throne of the Lord. And I don't care if you reject me because for everyone that rejects me, there will be ten that say yes. Amen? Amen. So I need you to shut your eyes and the Lord's going to start working on you here. Okay? The Lord is literally going to start ripping things out of your life that's hindering you and keeping you on the outside. Things that you've made idols in your life. Things that you have more value in that you've literally made a religion out of rather than knowing your God and expecting to be positioned in a spirit where He wants you positioned. So say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give me a vision vision. of the idols idols that I carry in my pocket. pocket. Let me see see. what I've made of God. Even though I decree in public public that you're my God. God. What hinders me me from being positioned at your throne? throne? Now the Lord's going to start to show you. I want you to shut your eyes. If you see more than one thing, get out a piece of paper and start writing them. In fact, can I get a bucket, uh, something small, even a cup? I want you to I want you to write down your idol. Most of you are used to passing the offering plate. <laughs> Most of you are pass, used to passing an offering plate in church. You're probably not used to being asked to write down what the Lord's showing you that you've made an idol. I promise you, I was trying to be nice Dave this week. I wanted to be nice Dave, but you can ask my wife. I was pretty edgy this week. And this, this, this prophetic thing, when this prophetic thing comes, he's coming to cut, he's coming to cut things out of your life. Come on, say it with me. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Give me the list. Of everything, of everything that I carry, that I carry as, an idol. as an idol. Come on, the Lord's going to ask you to give things up. He's asking you right now because the prophetic anointing is carrying some of you to a place that you haven't been before, but the Lord wants you there. Amen? The Lord wants you so close He wants you so close that you see His face. That it's not just something you hear people talk about. It's something that you experience because it's your birthright. Is everybody good? Does anybody need more time? Does anybody have more than five? Can I get a ten? How many of you have made church your idol? Your crutch? Huh? How many have made passivity and excuses your idol? How many of you have no prayer life? Because there's more important things. You know, there's nothing more important in your prayer life. Nothing. I'd rather you forego church and have a prayer life. Because in your prayer life, you hear the voice of God. Amen? Starting to run out of room with this bucket. If anybody had um, a night, a 2023 um, Corvette that you need to get rid of because the Lord asked you to get rid of it, 
I had a dream about driving a new white Corvette with a red stripe down the middle. If I'm describing anything to you, I do drive that kind of car. Everybody good? Alright. You get the picture, right? The Lord wants you close, guys. You see, the way of the Spirit is unusual. Man can't understand it. Man, all you can do is bow to it. Okay? It doesn't make sense that if a man prays in tongues, that the Lord will reveal Himself and, as well as reveal your identity. You see, the American West believes that if you read your Bible and you memorize your Scripture, that you get the correct picture. But very few have the revelation that you become supernatural because of how close you get. And the Lord has marked you guys tonight. Some of you in five years are going to have ministries that are beyond your ability right now. Way beyond your ability. But you're being marked because He's launching you into a prayer life that is literally going to be transformative. It's going to open you up. And it happens when you bow to His way, when you lay down your idols and say, I am going to do it the way of the Lord. And the Lord says in Isaiah 28, I will teach you in a more humiliating way with a stammering lip and another tongue. Your prayer life, your tongue, the tongues that come out of your life are what will transform you. It will release abilities. Do you feel the presence of God yes. sitting on you right now? He, he, he is literally asking you to humble yourself, to lay down your idols, your idolatry of what you've made Christianity to, to be or what you've been deceived into thinking it is to just sit in a pew and have no power. And He's calling you into a prayer life that will release a supernatural awakening and reveal your calling. Because there's, a, there's millions of Christians, there's very few that know who they really are in Christ. Right now, the Lord, the Lord is unctioning you to what He wants you to start doing in your prayer time in the morning or in the evening. And He wants your yes. If, 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 you, if, if you're saying yes, I want you to raise your hands. You're going to change. He's going to teach you with a stammering lip and another tongue. With a more humiliating way, He's going to cut you open and the real you is going to come out. Amen? Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org. D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.